Hello. Or is it you who says hello first? You already started, girl. <laughs> hello and welcome back to another episode of Spooky State of Mind. Oh yeah, it's you who goes Spooky. first. <laughs> you gotta adapt. Adapt. Overcome. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I was hoping you would know because I didn't remember what it was. I don't remember. <laughs> Wait, Anyways, where's that from? I don't know, but I heard people say it. I feel like it's from somewhere. A movie? Probably. But you and I, oh. uh, well, I live under a rock, so I don't know. <laughs> Me too. Anyways, Anyways, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Spooky State of Mind. I'm Jasmine. Spooky. And I'm Alex, and we are your hosts. Yep. So we have to adjust the elephant in the room. We did take a break. We did have a little bit of a, we missed an episode. And that is because life caught up to us and life fucking sucked for me for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so it did. both my kids got sick, um, both of them with ear infections yes. and... The big one was that Gary's truck broke down. I think I mentioned it like the previous episode. His Mm -hmm. truck broke down and then my car broke down. And then a week after we fixed his truck, he got T-boned and the truck was totaled. He's okay. Thank goodness. And he was not at fault. And the other insurance company is like accepting like full liability because the other person ran a red light. But he's okay. And that's what's important. That's what matters. But the truck did get totaled and it was just a lot of dealing with the insurance and doctor's appointments and making sure that he was okay because he's okay, but he didn't seem okay at the time. Yeah, I mean, that's scary. And from what I've heard, a lot of the times T-bone style accident. Um, sorry, it's not funny, but it's like I don't know how else to identify it. Like T-bone style accidents. Typically, it can be pretty tragic. Yes, they can so. be very bad. It was a truck hit Gary, who was in a truck, and then he hit an SUV because the truck hit him so hard, he, like, spun Scoot around. Scooted over. Damn. Yeah, and then the other person, the impact was so hard, they spun and went into a ditch. <gasps> oh, hell But no. they're okay. They're Thank okay, God. too. Everyone's okay. Mm-mm. So, well, yeah. I'm glad I started that my new okay. job. Yes, he's okay. Um, And then started my new job. And that's fine. Coworkers are really nice. And so just figuring out working, being a mom, and being a podcaster. Because I'm just going to call myself a podcaster. (laughs) (laughs) Manifesting it. Honestly, with with the amount of breaks that we take, I don't know when we'll get to the point where we can monetize. I don't think we ever will. I don't know. I don't think so either. <laughs> no, right now this is this is a passion project for us. And then and then with our five listeners, I don't know how many we have. I think we lost a listener because one of them of all the breaks we took. No, well, we had like a disagreement type of thing. <laughs> if he's listening, great. And if not, oh, one of your friends. Yeah, one of my friends. Oh. One okay. of the, what was one of the people that I used to game with? Oh, got it, got it, got it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just tell it. We 
because he would be like super flirty and stuff. And I'd just be like, ah, whatever. Like it was harmless. It didn't matter or anything like that. So whatever. He's older. And so this this one time he called me a bridezilla because of an episode that we recorded where I was saying that I didn't know what I wanted, but it absolutely had to end at this time. And I have to have this music. And I'm just like, how am I a bridezilla for that? Like, it's not like I'm like, nobody can have fun hair. Everybody has to have hair this length. Women can't be out, like, outshine me. None of that stuff. So I was like, how does that make me a bridezilla? Like, what? Okay. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then after that, he said, like, weird stuff. I don't know. He referred to himself as, like, daddy. And I was like, ugh. Yeah. Oh, no. And then the, the cherry on top. If you call anyone daddy, that's fine. That's your, that that's you. You do you. That's fine. It's just, I don't do that in my relationship. And I think it's weird, especially because I have a little kid who's like, I have a toddler who calls me mom, mom, mama, mommy, dad, and then calls like Gary, like dad, 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 daddy. So it's just, it's just weird. Yep. Yep, I think eventually a lot of people outgrow that if they're ever into it. Um, but yeah, and then and then after that, this was so cringe. He and the thing is that it was like four of us playing, and one person I'm not that comfortable with, or like I don't know her that well. He was like, "But why do you want your wedding to end that late? Don't you want to go do what a man and woman do on their wedding night?" Like, don't you want to consummate the marriage? I'm like, mind your business. Our but you two can- live together. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I might like. It's, it's been consummated. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so cringe and off-putting, and I was just like, okay. So I kind of like later on messaged and called him out on it. I was like, dude, that was weird. Because even my the other two girls were kind of like, what the hell? But he was like, how is that weird? I was just joking. You know how I am. I've said things like that with you before. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Not to that degree. That was just too personal, too weird. It was the first thing you tell me as soon as I joined the game with you. It's not like there was a buildup to it. You just said it. Yeah. And then he was like, well, I asked this other girl and she says it wasn't weird. I was like, of course she's going to tell you it was weird. But I could hear it in her voice that it was weird. Like, yeah. So because he didn't like that, we do not talk anymore. (laughs) So if he was listening, he's not anymore. I have no clue. I have no clue if he does or not. So if you keep this in the episode and I get a message from him later, obviously he's listening. (laughs) so we'll keep it in yeah yeah but (laughs) i was just like dude that is so cringe like you couldn't even say hi hello how you doing you're just right away call me a it's like that one (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it was just a little too weird for me i was like "Mm, mm, okay okay daddy Okay, daddy. Ew. <laughs> you Ew, gotta say it with an accident. Yes, daddy. With an I accident? Yeah. With an accident? <laughs> Is that what I said? I think so. <laughs> oh, shit. With an accident. <laughs> oh, Lord. 
Like, yes, daddy, I have arrived. Oh my god. Wink wink. <laughs> Anyways. Oh jeez. There's a little a little shit talking there, but no hard feelings, oh, whatever. I mean I get it. You know me. I am the type of person that I call out inappropriate behavior, even in people that are close to me. Like, yes. if Alice, Alice is my best friend, if she says something that I did not find appropriate, I'm going to call her out on her. Like, yo, bro, why would you say that? Like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. And vice versa, you know? So, uh, when I do that, people don't like to be called out. They automatically think, oh, we're no longer friends. Like, no, 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 we can still be friends. I'm just letting you know. If you keep saying things like that, I'm going to probably keep telling you. So, yeah, and like I think you called me out on things. I've called you out on things, and it's a oh, whole like, oh shit! Like I, I didn't realize where it's you know about growing and it's a learning experience. Oh my god, you gotta come show your titties. Stop, censor. <laughs> Here's this one. Oh shit. Hi, Ale. Sorry. Didn't Hi. I did not mean to interrupt. We're not though. video recording. I told you I was going to record. No, we just started. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, bye. Okay, bye-bye. But yeah, the other girl that I game with, her name is Brittany. Hey, girl. That's my gaming bestie right there. Me and her, we argue, but like, we could tell when we annoy each other and we're like, tomorrow's another day. But it's never been like, oh, we fought and we don't talk again. Like, we know. We're friends. Yeah. It's going to be fine. But I tell her, like, damn, dude, we can never keep anybody around with us. And she's like, we really don't. I'm like, are we the problem? Am I the drama? Yeah, there you go. The way I see it, when I game, that's my free time. I don't want to fill it up with toxic people. Mm-hmm. So the moment that somebody does anything annoying, says something inappropriate, they play in a way that's like, you keep playing this annoying way that's like not letting us win our match. You're done. You're done. Mm-hmm. So uh, so she's like, she, we both agree on that. So I'm like, that's why it feels like we cut off so many people and we cycle through people trying to find like a permanent team. And I only found her and that was that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it was it's not that serious. It's literally gaming. But any fellow gamers out there can understand. They know. I'm sure if you talk to Gary about it, he'll be like, "Yep." Mhm. Mhm. But don't ask me what he plays. I have I have no idea. That's okay. You Jesus pinche accents. <laughs> I think it have gotten better. I don't think so. Oh, okay. You know, I listen to a lot of like Australian streamers and stuff, so that's also, also now why. you're Australian. Yeah. Or now you can do an Australian accent. Accent. Oh my god. <laughs> the reason I watch them is because since they're obviously on opposite time from us, when they game at night over there, because a lot of people will game like at night. Uh huh. It's still like morning or afternoon here, so I could watch yeah. while I'm working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Nice. Mm-hmm. But anywho, I'm sorry. Um, Any I, I said I wanted to make this intro short so we can get into our story, but. It yeah. is. We're like 12 and a half minutes in. Okay. It's Anything shorter else? than our usual 30 minutes. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk? You want to talk about 
about your week? Uh, I kind of said it. I mean, I talked about last week and then this week was just kind of trying to get back on track. Okay. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Nothing Not new with me. my coworkers. <laughs> oh, damn. No. Maybe once no, you stop cool. working there. Oh, yeah, we'll Wait. see. But no, they're cool. That's cool. My coworkers are cool, too. But nothing interesting with me. Nothing new. Yeah, same. We, we're, we're boring half the time. More than half the time. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, let's I'll, get into it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Definitely. I was just going to say that last last episode we posted where I talked about my mole forever. That <laughs> intro was really long, girl. I was like, damn, I'll be surprised. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people stopped listening because I the did go on forever so about funny. my mole. <laughs> oh, yeah. How are your moles doing? Good. Um, They kind of have scars. I didn't keep them out of the sun like I was supposed to. So they're kind of dark. But oh, well. But anyways, yeah, let's get into it. Mm-hmm. So this week we're going to be reading a couple stories. Yeah, we had something else planned, but life happened. So we're going to go back to good old uh, scary stories. Listen and- to If you want to listen to this at night, it'll be like we're having a slumber party telling scary stories. Yeah. Um, and excuse, I'm going to try to kind of tell it in a nice way. I know my voice is super animated and sometimes I'll start like nice and calm and then I get animated towards the end or switch that, vice versa. Um, I wish I was a good storyteller. So I'm going to try my best. So bear with me. Anyways. Yeah, we don't remember who went first. So we'll have Jasmine start this week. Yeah, I'll go first. So this is one of my favorite. We're reading. Well, I'm reading a no sleep story. It's one of my favorites. It was probably the first one I ever read from the subreddit. So that could also be why I love it so much. But it's it's a really great story. Um, so this is one of my favorite no sleep stories. I think it's really good. Um, the poster is Malia Girl 1314. And it's called My Wife Has Been Peeking at Me from Around Corners and Behind Furniture. It's gone from weird to terrifying. My wife Lynn and I have been together for six years and married for 11 months. Our entire history together has been very normal and never once have I noticed any weird behaviors or red flags. I can't stress enough how out of character this whole thing is for her. Lynn is very kind, intelligent, and thoughtful. She's always been the no-nonsense type of person. Being childish or trying to scare me is not something she'd normally do. She doesn't even like watching horror movies. When we first started dating, she agreed to watch The Shining with me because she knew how much I loved horror. She was so scared that she didn't even make it through half of the movie before we had to turn it off. She isn't into anything creepy and has never been into pranks. It's just not her cup of tea. And that's fine. But that's what was so strange about this. It's just so unlike her. I should also add that she never had any mental health issues, and as far as I'm aware, it doesn't run in her family. I know some people are able to hide their mental health problems, but in the six years we've been together, I think I'd have seen some sort of sign. Two months ago, I was in the kitchen making myself some coffee before work. I was running a bit late that morning, 
and knew I wouldn't be able to make it to Dunkin' Donuts for my usual morning fix. I took a sip of my coffee as I hurried down the hall towards the front door, when I happened to notice Lynn peeking at me from around the corner ahead of me. I could only see her eyes and a strand of her long, dark hair hanging against the wall. The rest of her body was concealed behind the corner. I nearly spilled my coffee when I saw her. I did burn the shit out of my lips. Jeez, Lynn, I said, wiping a few drops of coffee from my pants. You scared the shit out of me. She immediately popped out of view like a little kid that had been caught. I heard her scurry off towards the living room, and by the time I got to the front door, she was out of sight. It was really weird and just totally out of character for her, like I said. But I also found it kind of funny that she was being more playful and a little less serious. I shouted that I loved her and called her a weirdo. As I shut the door behind me, I heard her laughing. Her behavior was a bit odd, but it certainly wasn't something to call a priest over. I forgot about it by lunchtime, and by the time I got home, she was her normal self. I didn't bring it up, and neither did she, and life went on. The next incident happened three days later. It was around 2 a.m., and I had woken up to get a drink. I was standing at the kitchen island, jug of OJ in hand, when I felt a strong feeling that I was being watched. For whatever reason, I looked down at the floor and saw my wife's smiling face staring back. She was peeking at me from the other side of the island, staring up at me with wide, unblinking eyes and grinning. Grinning like the Cheshire cat. I screamed, I'll admit. Not out of irritation, but fear. For some reason at that moment, I was scared. At the sound of my screen, Lynn scuttled backwards out of my view, her hands and feet smacking the tile floor as she hurried out of the kitchen on all fours. I didn't run after her or even yell after her. I just stood there frozen in shock, wondering what the fuck had possessed her to do that. It took me a little longer than I'd like to admit to go back upstairs. But I eventually did, and when I got to our bedroom, Lynn was lying on her side, asleep, or at least pretending to be. I stood there for a while, watching her breathing to be sure she really was asleep. I had the feeling she might jump out at me the moment I got into bed, but she didn't. I climbed into bed, and she didn't even move. Her breathing was soft and deep, and I was starting to wonder if I'd dreamt the whole thing. The next morning, I waited for her to come down for coffee, and after handing her a mug and kissing her cheek, I decided to ask her about it. What was that about last night? I asked, keeping my tone light so I didn't offend or embarrass her. She frowned over her cup of coffee, shaking her head like she had no clue what I was referring to. You were peeking at me again, from over there, I said, pointing to the spot on the floor by the kitchen island. She followed my gaze, and when she looked back at me, she burst out laughing. She laughed so hard that I couldn't help but join her. You creep me the fuck out sometimes, you know that, I said. She giggled and set her cup on the counter and wrapped her arms around my neck. You creep me out all the time, so I guess we're even, she teased. We said our goodbyes and left for work. As I drove, I kept thinking about how creepy it had been seeing her grinning at me from behind the island like that. The sounds her hands made on the floor as she crawled away. 
I told myself she was just trying to be silly. Just trying to join me in my love of all things horror. It's not like I was afraid of her, but it still didn't sit right with me. I started seeing her peeking at me more and more. Sometimes she'd be peeking out from behind the couch or living room curtains. Once, she even managed to get inside her grandmother's old trunk that sits at the foot of our bed. I might not have even known she was there at all had the trunk's old hinges not given her away. She'd had the lid propped up just enough so that only half of her face peeked through. She'd been grinning like an excited toddler. It was unnerving, but I didn't even know what to say to her. All I could do was stare. When I finally found my voice, I asked her why on earth was she doing this. She didn't answer, but she had slowly closed the lid, shutting herself inside the trunk. I just walked away, feeling disturbed. I didn't understand why she was doing it, but it clearly made her happy. I just hoped she would tire of this game quickly. Lynn didn't peek at me for the next two weeks. I started to think she was done with her weird prank, and I was relieved. We were watching a show on Netflix one night, and I jokingly said that I hadn't seen her peeking at me lately, and that she must have given up on her spy game. She looked up at me with a small smile and said, Maybe I've just gotten better at it. I didn't say anything, but I wondered whether or not she was joking. For the next few days, I couldn't stop thinking about what she'd said. Was she still peeking at me when I wasn't looking and I just hadn't noticed? And if so, what the hell was she getting out of this? I started to feel paranoid, constantly checking whether she was watching from around the corner or behind a door. I was jumpy whenever I was home and she wasn't in full view of me. I felt stupid and a little crazy. But after a few weeks without another incident, I began to relax. I stopped checking behind furniture and walls and told myself it was just a bad memory. Then a few days ago, things got so much worse. Lynn left to go to a friend's house and I lounged on the couch and played a couple games on my laptop. Around 9pm, I hopped in the shower and as I was washing the soap from my hair, I felt that awful feeling that I was being watched. I slowly opened my eyes and almost had a fucking heart attack. Lynn was peeking from behind the shower curtain. Her entire head stretched into the shower, leaving just her body outside. Her long dark hair hung against the curtain, the ends dripping with water. Her mouth hung open in a terrible grin, eyes wide and red, as if she hadn't blinked in a while. I screamed and jumped back against the wall. She didn't move, nor did her smile waver. Her makeup ran down her cheeks in two black streaks. She looked giddy and completely deranged. I was fucking terrified. We stood like that for a few moments, neither of us saying a word. Finally, after what felt like forever, she slowly pulled her head back out of the shower and I watched her blurry figure through the curtain as she moved backwards towards the bathroom door. A second later, the bathroom door slammed shut, hard enough to rattle the mirror. I screamed again and jumped out of the shower to lock the door. I stayed inside the bathroom for over an hour. Maybe I overreacted to some of you, 
But joke or not, I wasn't going to put up with the crazy shit anymore. That's what I kept telling myself as I paced in the bathroom, stopping to listen at the door every few minutes. Suddenly, I heard a muffled sound, and I pressed my ear against the bathroom door, straining to listen. I couldn't hear anything, but I envisioned Lynn standing on the other side of the door, giggling at her joke. I felt a surge of anger. I was beyond pissed at being made to feel scared in my own house and made to hide in the bathroom for an hour. All for what? Some joke? If it was a joke, it was an awful one. What the hell, Lynn? I snapped. This shit is getting really fucking annoying. I waited for her to apologize or to call me a jerk, but instead I heard a faint moan. So quiet. I wondered if I had heard it at all. And then, complete silence. Lynn, I called out, not able to even hide the shakiness in my voice. I got no response, just my own heavy breathing. I swear to God, just fucking stop it, I yelled, pounding my fist on the door. I waited for her to cuss me out, something I would expect from me talking to her like that. I never screamed at her before. But there was nothing, just the occasional drip from the shower head. I won't deny that I was scared, too afraid to open the damn door and face my own wife. I waited another 30 minutes or so, which feels like a fucking lifetime when you're scared. Finally, I decided I wasn't going to spend the night hiding in my bathroom, so I got down on my knees and peered under the door. I almost expected to see her face peeking back at me, but thankfully I didn't. I could see straight down the hallway to the top of the stairs, but no Lynn. I didn't know if I should be happy about that or not. I looked for a few minutes, waiting to see her head pop up over the top step, but it never came. I stood up, my hand hovering over the door, and mentally prepared myself to open it. I slowly turned the lock with shaky fingers and was about to yank it open when I heard a sound that still makes me feel nauseous when I think about it. A moan, louder than before. But this time, I was able to tell just where it was coming from. I turned my head to the closet door as if in slow motion and locked eyes with my wife who was peeking out at me from the slight gap. Her eyes were still white as ever, and her mouth was hanging open in the most grotesque, gaping smile I'd ever seen. I didn't even scream. I was too scared for even that. Her hands were clasped to her chest, body trembling with sheer delight, as if she could barely contain her excitement. A short, raspy moan bubbled up from her throat, deep and raw, sending a shiver through my entire body. Somehow, I found the ability to pull the bathroom door open and ran as fast as I could all the way down the steps, snagging my keys and phone from the table in the living room before running outside to my car. I could hear her shrill laughter behind me, but I didn't hear her get any closer. I didn't bother shutting the door. I drove away from the house faster than I legally should have, shivering the entire time, either from fear or the cold, maybe a little of both. I hadn't grabbed a coat or even a pair of shoes. I was still in my boxers and my hair was still damp.
I drove straight to my brother Chris's house about 40 minutes away, ignoring any and every call and text I got. I didn't check my phone until I was safely parked in my brother's driveway. Lynn had called four times and sent a flurry of texts, all wondering where I'd gone and why I left like that. I threw my phone at the dash in a rage, furious at her nonchalant attitude. My brother and his wife were surprised to see me, especially dressed in just a pair of boxers, but told me to stay as long as I needed. Chris sent me some clothes and asked me what happened. I told him Lynn and I had a fight, but didn't get into details. I didn't want him to think I was overreacting, leaving my wife over a prank, even if it was a strange one. I mean, hadn't I encouraged her for years to lighten up instead of being so serious all the time? I had wanted her to relax and loosen up, but this was definitely not what I'd had in mind. I tried to sleep on their sofa, but my brain wouldn't let me sleep. Every time I closed my eyes, I saw Lynn's face staring at me from inside the closet. Knowing she'd been in there with me the entire time made my skin crawl. Pause. She was in the bathroom with him? I missed that. I was going to say, I'm like, when did that happen? I guess he has a closet in the bathroom? I thought it was like a hallway closet. I thought so too. Hold on, please hold. Okay, so I guess when he opens the door of the bathroom, he never really steps out into the hall. He opens the door and then he hears a moan and he turns over looking in the bathroom. Got it, got it, got it. So... I was thinking the same thing you were thinking. Yeah, yeah. So that crazy bitch never left. All right. Mm -hmm. Knowing she'd she'd been in there with me the entire time made my skin crawl. She'd never left the fucking bathroom at all. Instead, she slipped inside the closet and slammed the bathroom door shut to fool me. The mere thought of going back home gave me anxiety. I tossed and turned, unable to sleep. Chris ended up giving me a sleeping pill so I was able to get a little rest. My sleep was filled with terrible dreams, all of Lynn's smiling face. I woke up just as the sun started to rise. My sore body ached from the sofa and I felt drained. I knew I'd have to call Lynn at some point, but I didn't know what to say to her. I wouldn't be going home unless she gave me her word she'd never do anything creepy again. I just wanted my wife back. Her normal serious self never looked so good to me. I was contemplating calling her and telling her that when that familiar feeling came over me. I was just being watched. I was staring at the ceiling, my heart in my throat. I didn't want to look away, but the longer I ignored the feeling, the worse it got. My eyes drifted away from the ceiling almost on their own. Her face was pressed up against the window beside the couch staring down at me with that same gaping smile. Drool dribbled down her lips, leaving two long streaks down the glass. I didn't know how long she'd been there, but something told me she'd been there quite a while, possibly all night. I didn't bother screaming, though. I was afraid anger trumped any fear I felt at that moment. I jumped up from the couch and pounded my palm against the glass. Lynn, are you crazy? What the hell is wrong with you? Just go home, I shouted. Now! She didn't move and her ghastly expression never changed. If anything, her smile only grew. 
as if she had never been more elated. I could hear Chris and his wife moving around upstairs, as if Lynn could hear them from her place outside. Her head twitched slightly in their direction, and she began to close her mouth slowly. Chris called my name from upstairs, obviously concerned. I turned to see him and his wife Rebecca hurrying down the steps. When I turned back to the window, Lynn was gone. The only sign she'd been there at all was the two streaks of drool still dripping down the glass. I tried explaining to Chris and Rebecca about waking up to see Lynn watching me through their window. They were skeptical. Who wouldn't be? Chris and I went outside to the spot in front of the window, but there were no footprints in the dirt. Just a slight indent. Animal, probably, Chris guessed, and I didn't argue. He and Rebecca assumed I dreamt the entire episode, but they didn't understand, and I was too tired to explain it to them. I called out of work that day and turned my cell off. I didn't want to face Lynn. Just talking to her was too much for me at that point. I really started to believe something was irreversibly wrong with her. That no matter what promises she made, we'd never be the same again. The thought saddened me to my core. I cried most of the morning. By noon, I figured I was ready to confront her. Give her one last chance to explain herself. I could at least give her that after six years, I told myself. I turned my phone on and saw the dozens of texts she'd sent, all from a seemingly concerned wife. Can we talk? I love you. Please call me. I'm really worried. Can you answer? Just come home. And more of the same. All texts telling me she loved me and she wanted me home. How worried she was. Not a damn one addressing the crazy shit she pulled. Like she hadn't been acting like a character from a Stephen King book. Even her texts were different. She normally texted novels just to tell me to pick up a loaf of bread. You'd think she'd have more to say to me after her bizarre shenanigans. I know it probably seems childish to some of you who are miles away from this situation. But if you saw the way Lynn had looked at me, how she scampered away on all fours like some wild animal grinning at me from inside the closet like a lunatic, then I think you'd find my reaction was warranted. I ended up staying with Chris and Rebecca for another night. I didn't wake up yesterday until afternoon, and thankfully I didn't see Lynn's face watching me through the window. I don't want to pry, because it's not my place. But is this fight something that can be mended? Rebecca asked. She'd made us both a sandwich for lunch, and I knew she wanted to breach the subject without seeming to be nosy. I don't know. I just... She's like a different person, I said, choosing my words carefully. I still wasn't ready for her or Chris to know the full extent of the batshit craziness I had been dealing with. People change, Ben, but she's still the same woman you married. Maybe you both just need to talk through your issues. Whatever's going on, I'm sure it can be fixed, she said. I think it's beyond that now. I don't think talking would help. I just don't trust her, I said. The words stung in my heart. I missed and loved my wife. But how could I live with someone like that? Living in constant fear didn't sound too appealing. Lynn loves you. She has to be absolutely crushed, she said. I don't know about that, I said. 
Well, she certainly seemed like it to me. I've never seen her so upset. Very much unlike the Lynn I know, Rebecca said, shaking her head sadly. It took a full minute for her words to really sink in, and when they did, I felt dread worming its way through my skin. Wait, what do you mean? You saw her? You saw Lynn? I asked, my mouth suddenly dry. Rebecca nodded casually as if that fact wasn't nightmare fuel. Maybe for her it wasn't. She stopped by this morning just after Chris left for work, she said, cleaning the plates from the table. I didn't see her car, though. Maybe she took an Uber or something. Beck, what did she say? Did, did she come inside? I asked, sweat starting to break out on my forehead. I began looking around, examining corners as though a predator lurked behind them. No, she just asked if you were awake yet, and I said that you weren't. I asked if she wanted me to wake you, but she said no, just said to let you sleep. She said as she washed the dishes. That's all? She didn't say anything else? I asked. Nope. She looked awful, though, like she hadn't slept in days. I think you should call her. I got up from the table and thanked Rebecca for lunch. I felt a little better at the knowledge that at least she hadn't come inside. Still, I needed to double check that the doors were locked. I sat for a while trying to figure out what to do next. I didn't want to go home, but I felt that I owed it to Lynn to help her if I could. Hadn't I swore an oath to love and honor her, though, through sickness and in health? Clearly, she was very sick. If she was sick, which I truly believe she was, I had to try and get her the help she needed. But I didn't even know where to start. I didn't want to call the police. And besides, what the hell was I going to tell them? That while my wife was peeking at me? That she was being creepy? As bizarre as she'd been, she still hadn't committed any crime. Not yet, anyway. The police could have probably said that I was overreacting. But this wasn't some prank. It felt wrong. Dangerous, even. Like something sinister lurked beneath her smile. I knew as her husband, I was well within my rights to have her committed. But what if she simply acted normal in their presence? She'd obviously been able to fool Rebecca into thinking she was just a concerned wife. As long as the doctors didn't find her a danger to herself or others, they'd have no choice but to release her after 72 hours. I felt lost and overwhelmed. So I did what any husband in my position would do. I called her mother. I didn't want to, believe me. Her mother, Marianne, and I were never on the best of terms. We never fought or anything like that. She just wasn't a very warm person and wasn't really easy to get along with. She hardly ever smiled, and when she did, only her lips would move into a thin-lipped smile, leaving her eyes as blank as before. She gave off this aura that felt like she was permanently on the offensive. I'd only met her twice and both times were such short visits. I got the impression she didn't approve of me for her daughter. Lynn always ushered us out quickly as she didn't want me to feel uncomfortable, which I was grateful for. Being in her mother's company felt almost unbearable, like walking on glass. I was glad when we moved three states away so we didn't have to see her often. I was happy to avoid the woman, but I needed her help. I really didn't want to talk to her at all, but I had to talk to someone and someone who knew Lynn better than I did 
So I gripped my teeth and did what I had to. Yes, she answered, already sounding irritated. Marianne, it's me, Ben. Do you have a minute to talk? I asked. I could hear her cluck her tongue in irritation. I'm in the middle of writing some checks, but if you insist, I suppose I can spare a moment. What is it that you want to discuss, Benjamin? She said coolly. It's about Lynn. She's been acting strangely. And I was wondering if you had any idea whether there was something. I was quickly interrupted. It's a bit difficult to follow your rambling, Benjamin. What is it that you want from me? She asked. I could almost see her standing there in her thin sweater and slacks, tapping her fingernails impatiently on the table. I wanted to know if you'd ever noticed any odd behavior or possibly any mental health issues, I asked. There was a long, uncomfortable pause that I couldn't tell was because she was just thinking or something else. Finally, after a few seconds, she spoke. I'm not sure if this is one of your jokes, Benjamin, but if so, I don't find the humor in it. Now, I do have business to attend to, as I said, so if you don't mind, she said, but I cut her off before she could get rid of me. Marianne, it's not a joke. I'm sincerely concerned about Lynn's mental health. Her behavior has been very erratic lately. I'm very worried about her, and I figured as her mother, you would be as well, I said, my frustration evident in my voice. If you're truly concerned, then I suggest you get the health professionals involved. I don't know what you expect of me, she snapped. I could tell she was seconds away from hanging up and for some reason, I was desperate not to let her. I had the feeling that she knew a lot more than she was letting on. Please, if not for me, do it for Lynn, I tried. I heard a faint shaky intake of breath as if she was trying to hold her steely persona together but failing. Marianne, what's wrong? I started. Benjamin. I don't know what to tell you. My only advice would be to seek professional help. Do not call here again. Goodbye. I tried to call out to her, but she hung up. I tried to wrap my head around the call and her refusal to help me. Even if she didn't like me, why wouldn't she want to help her own daughter? I couldn't understand that. I tried to replay the conversation, desperate to find something I missed. After a while, I almost gave up until I remembered her last words to me. Seek professional help. She said those words with a bit of urgency. I could have been grasping at straws, but no, I was sure her voice had changed ever so slightly when she'd said that, as if they were very important. What had she meant? I assumed she'd been referring to medical professionals, but maybe she was referring to someone else. Someone that she didn't, for some reason, feel comfortable saying directly. Or maybe I was just desperate. I waited for Chris to get home and after a very long and exhausting conversation with him and Rebecca, I convinced them that Lynn truly needed psychiatric help. I didn't tell them everything. I wasn't prepared to go into it yet. But I told them about our last encounter, how she'd hidden in the bathroom peeking at me from the closet. They were obviously shocked, but thankfully they believed me. They too just wanted to help her. Still... They didn't think it was all that serious. Weird, maybe, but not dangerous. They just kept saying that Lynn had to be playing some kind of weird joke. Maybe for YouTube, Rebecca offered. 
if only half-heartedly. Chris didn't think we should involve the police just yet. He offered instead to go with me, and I readily accepted. He reasoned that calmly talking to her, trying to coax her into going willingly, was the best recourse. I agreed to do it this way. At least I wouldn't be going into that house alone. We drove over this morning, just after breakfast. There was no way I was going at night. When we pulled into the driveway, my stomach began doing some somersaults. Her car wasn't there, but I still didn't let my guard down. The front door was ajar, and for a split second, I thought we'd seen her eyes staring through the gap. I was shaking and starting to sweat. Chris, however, was fine. He waited for me to open the door, his hands in his pockets, like he was going on a fucking stroll through the park. I envied his ignorance. I pushed the door open and was immediately hit with the stench of rot. Chris smelled it too, and he walked in the house behind me with his nose scrunched up. What do you guys use to clean the floors around here? Shit, Chris said. Shut up, I said, my eyes darting around for any signs of Lynn. The house was deadly quiet and dark despite being ten in the morning. All the curtains were closed up tight, refusing to allow any sunlight inside. If I hadn't left just two days prior, I'd have thought the house to be abandoned. We moved through each room, carefully checking any place that she might hide, occasionally calling her name. Why the fuck are you looking under the couch? Chris asked eventually. Aren't we looking for your wife? He was looking at me like I was a moron. Let's just go upstairs, I whispered. He shook his head but followed me up the stairs to check the bathroom and spare bedroom. On the way up, my shoes crunched over pieces of glass that looked to be littered over a few of the steps. I noticed that one of Lynn and my wedding portrait that hung on the wall along the staircase had been smashed. The frame hung crookedly, all the glass removed. I stared at the picture, a lump forming in my throat. We had taken the photo just after leaving the church, after saying our vows. She looked so beautiful in her white gown. I looked at Lynn's beautiful face. I never dreamed her face would ever be a source of terror for me. We climbed the rest of the steps and checked the spare bedroom, but it looked completely untouched. I was hesitant to go into the bathroom, my fear from that night coming back to me all at once. Chris noticed and offered to go in by himself. I couldn't let him do that, so we walked in together, checking the closet and the shower. The bathroom looked as if it hadn't been touched since the night I left. I don't think she's here, Ben. Why don't you pack some clothes and we'll try coming back tomorrow or something, Chris said. I nodded and went into our bedroom and shoved some clothes into a duffel bag. When I checked inside our closet, I came across the source of the smell and gagged. Chris took one look and lost all color in his face. He had to go stand by the stairs to get away from the sight and smell. I gazed down in shock at what lay inside my bedroom closet. Soaking into the rug were at least a dozen eyeballs, all carefully laid out in pairs. Some were as large as a quarter, while others were as tiny as a marble. I stared down at the eyes she collected from the small animals, and I wondered how she'd gotten them, and shuddered at the thought. Man, I thought I had it bad with Becca's shoe addiction, but fuck me, your wife's in here collecting Eyeballs, Chris said, gagging. Ben, I think we should go, he called from the hall. 
I'm getting nauseous. All right, I grabbed my duffel bag and shut the closet door on my new nightmare. I stepped out into the hall and took a deep breath of air. I could taste the rot in my tongue and I couldn't help but gag. Who the fuck lines up eyeballs in their closet like that? Chris mumbled. I tried to tell you she needed help, I said. She doesn't need help, Ben. She needs an exorcist, he said. You coming or what? I can't stand the smell any. His words died in his throat and his eyes grew wide with fear. I didn't ask him why. I could feel it. Someone was watching me, and I didn't think it was the eyes in the closet. I turned around, my eyes slowly scanning the bedroom. Christ, I whispered, as I finally saw what we'd missed. Under the bed, curled on her side, watching us with the excitement of a kid on Christmas morning, was my wife. She held her hands together just under her chin, and they were shaking eagerly. Now that she knew she'd been found, I could hear the quiet noises she was making. A sort of hiccuping sound in her throat, as if the excitement was just too much for her. It was unnerving to say the least. Wide eyes and that same huge smile. Everything in me told me to run, but I forced it away. This was my wife. No matter how twisted, she was still the woman I married. I had to help her. Lynn, I said softly. She didn't respond, but her head bobbed back and forth in two quick little movements as if she were nodding. Baby, I just want to help, okay? Can you, can you let me do that? I asked. I had taken a single step forward, approaching her like some kind of dangerous animal. I love you, Lynn, I said softly, taking another step closer. She let a tiny moan escape her wide open mouth and I had to resist the urge to run. Her shoulders were starting to quiver and her eyes grew as large as saucers. I crouched down so I could see her better and immediately saw the blood. Her hands were covered in it. They trembled more the closer I got as if she was barely able to contain herself. Lynn, are you hurt? You're bleeding, I said. She bobbed her head again her bloody fingers moving up and down as if playing an invisible piano. They occasionally grazed her chin, leaving smears of blood on her skin. I wanted to recoil in disgust. The smell that was coming off of her was revolting. I could feel the vomit trying to climb up my throat. Her lips were dry and stretched thin, blood seeping between the cracks. I knew she wouldn't come out on her own, but I didn't want to leave her in the state she was in. I scooted closer and reached out to her. The excited hiccuping sounds got louder and her hands shook, fingers flexing. It was then that I could see the blood oozing from in between her fingers. Oh my God, Lynn, you're bleeding, I said. Instinctively, I reached out to take her hand. But before I could even touch her, her hand sprang out towards me. A sharp pain shot through my arm and I fell back on my ass. My arm burned, and I could see the blood dripping down onto the carpet. I looked back at her in shock and saw her grinning madly, her fingers clutching a large shard of glass. You all right in there? Chris asked from behind me. I turned my head slightly and nodded to him, cradling my arm to my chest. When I turned back to face Lynn, I saw that her focus had shifted. She wasn't looking at me anymore, and she wasn't smiling anymore either.
She was staring past me, her eyes glaring at Chris the way a hungry lion might stare at an antelope. Her mouth was still hanging open, but it was twisted into a snarl. I got to my feet and began walking backwards down the hall, afraid to take my eyes off her. Are you bleeding? Chris asked. The moment the words left his mouth, Lynn started fast scooting out from under the bed. The glass shard still in her fist. Chris, run, go, I yelled. He must have been too afraid to move because a second later, I felt my back bump into him. He was still standing at the top of the stairs, staring at the horror that was my wife. Lynn had crawled completely out from under the bed and stood in the bedroom doorway, her face twisted in rage. Her whole body was visibly tense. Blood ran down her fingers and onto the floor. Jesus, Lynn, Chris said. You, uh, playing hide and seek? I reached back and pushed him towards the steps. Move your ass, Chris, I said as quietly but firmly as I could. Lynn bobbed her head in fast, sharp motions and began to grin, stretching her mouth open wider and wider so that her chin seemed to touch her chest. I heard Chris mutter a prayer, and then he was running down the stairs. I stood at the top of the steps, stuck between the love for a woman who clearly needed serious help and self-preservation. I only want to help, I said, choking back tears. Her eyes focused on me once again as she slowly lifted the glass, holding it out in front of her. And then she started sprinting towards me, grinning with utter excitement. Thankfully, my body took over and I flew down the stairs, skipping two or three at a time. I made it to the front door before I felt her leap onto my back, wrapping her arms around my neck, her open mouth next to my ear so that I could hear those terrible hiccuping sounds up close. I shook her off me, knocking her to the floor. I felt a searing pain in my back as she went, but I tore open the front door and bolted to my car. Chris was standing in the front yard talking on the phone with the police. I didn't say a word. I just ran to my car and jumped in. Chris took the hint and followed me, still on the line with 911. I watched the rearview mirror. Sure, I'd see her there, running after us, but I never did. I went straight to the ER and got 11 stitches in my arm and three on my back. The police asked a lot of questions and went back to the house to do a search, but of course, Lynn wasn't there. They advised me to stay with a friend or a relative for a while and to file a restraining order as soon as I could, but none of those things would matter. Somehow, I just knew. I dropped Chris off at home and went to a motel an hour away. I wanted to put as much distance between me and Lynn as I could. This is where I've been for the last four hours. I thought maybe the police would find her. Maybe they'd get her the help she desperately needs. But now, I don't think so. Because 40 minutes ago, I got a text from an unknown number. Just three words. I found you. And a picture attached. The picture was dark and grainy, but I instantly knew what it was. There was no mistaking my wife's eye. I started typing this out immediately after. I don't know what to do. I'm alone and scared. And I can't help but feel that I'm being watched. Seen. <laughs> What the fuck was wrong with her? He clearly didn't get the hint when her mom said she needs professional help. Like, 
But like after so many years of like being together, like what the fuck? She needs some kind of exorcism. Like she oh literally my God. possessed or something. When she said professional help, she didn't mean a damn doctor. She, she didn't mean no psychiatrist. Or... Yeah. That's insane. I just want to know. Like, obviously her mom knew something. So is this like, is she cursed? Is this something that like follows her around? Did is it she, like, did... does something trigger it? Yeah. So I'm, it's, I feel like it's one of two. Like either... Maybe it's something that's been passed down from, like, woman to woman in the family. Or maybe something happened to her when she was a kid and her mom got her help. And now as an adult, it's come back. Like, in um, Insidious. How <gasps> oh, she my was gosh, able- yes. How the, the lady was able to, like, suppress his suppress memories. Suppress it. Yeah. Like, suppress his memories and his abilities to do it, to, like, yep. astral project. Yeah. <gasps> But she, this bitch ain't astral projecting. <laughs> no. She's dead ass possessed. Oh my god. But like possessed with what? Like what is that? We will never know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then when she sent the picture, I thought it was going to be a picture of like him. Oh, me too. Yeah. From a closet in the hotel or something. Uh-huh. Huh? So did I, girl. Oh my god. I know. Ooh, that was so good. Crazy bitch Lynn. (laughs) Seriously. I just, what was she possessed with? That's what I can't get over. Me either. And it's the way that he says that she never, like, gave any hints at being sick or anything like that. Like, Mm -hmm. is that really true or did you just not notice, man? Because, you know. Uh Uh-huh. Like, how do you not, like... But, like, how do you go so long with not knowing? It seemed to have happened, like, quick and fast. Like, what triggered it? No clue. Because, I mean, let me scroll back. It doesn't say. She just started acting funny one day to the next, apparently. Yeah. Together for six years and married for 11. I think the part that... It said it was a series. I know. That's what it says, but there hasn't been any oh. new update. I know. Yeah. Ugh. I know. It's like, I think the part that would have got me was the part where he was like, oh, I see you stopped playing your little games on me. And she's like, maybe I've gotten better. <gasps> like, better at it. Oh, yeah. no, girl. I would have been Paranoid City. Like, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Fuck no. I think that was the very first no sleep story that I read. And I read it. I was so like into it that I had to stop and read it out loud so that my sister and niece and nephew could hear it. Cause we were in El Salvador when I found it. Yeah. And we were all like, Whoa. And it was like late at night. So uh-huh. it was, it was extra scary. Those are the best. So like when you find them late at night, like oh, I've been yeah. going like on tiktok and oh what's that guy's name he's so fucking funny he is an indigenous creator oh it's a che.jim che.jim like c-h-e yeah c-h-e dot j-i-m he has like two he has 2.2 million followers on tiktok and you know who he is yes 
Yep, I've yeah. seen him. Okay, I don't know if you ever do this, but do you ever not follow a creator? Because the moment you follow them, you don't see their videos on your For You page anymore. Yes, is he one of those for you? Yes, so I haven't followed him for that reason. Unless I obviously go to my followed, but I don't even do that. So I just stick yeah. to the only for you page. Yeah, but he does yes. like these short videos. Yes. Like, they're oh so my gosh. Good. Uh-huh. And I always see them at night and I'm just like, ooh. I think my, one of my favorites was when I think it was him where he's like at home and he sees his daughter walk in. Yes. But then he shoes her outside. Yeah. Yes. I was like, oh. Or yeah. with the whistling. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord, please don't let me overcome or come across something like that. I'd rather stick Mm-mm. to just listening to people's stories. Yeah. Well. And I know he has a lot to talk oh. about because he lives in the Appalachian Mountains, right? I don't know. I think he may. Ha- he may. I have no idea where he lives. Anyways, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. You were saying about something about you love hearing other people's stories, but like they scare you. So mm-hmm. I guess it's time for my story. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This one is called The Shed. The alarm started blaring. (laughs) Same shit, different day. It was 3.30 a.m. Too early. But hey, that's life. I got up and opened the blinds. Still dark. I really should still be sleeping. I wondered how long it would be until I could sleep in again. I started unloading the dishwasher when I heard the kids stirring. I'll finish putting these away in a bit, I thought as I walked around the door. I went to the kids' room in the hopes I could get them to sleep a little longer, but it never worked. If I was awake, they were awake, and I had no idea how they knew. As I opened their door, they ran past me and straight to the bedroom, crying out for their mom. I went to check on all three of them. The kids nuzzled in in bed with their mom as she shushed them, hoping to get more sleep. I walked into the bathroom to brush my teeth, but as I turned the light on, I remembered the the dishwasher. Great, I thought. It was going to be another day of being scattered-brained. She was out of the bed when I left the bathroom, probably going to start coffee. As I walked into the kitchen, the dishwasher had been emptied and she was angry that the blinds were open. It's dark out. Why the hell are these open? It was the same thing every day. I needed them open to start my day. If I was going to be up this early, I at least wanted to watch the sunrise over the mountains. I know she was scared of them, but nothing was going to happen. They weren't going to be creeping at this hour of the morning. I told her that, but she didn't care. It added fuel to the fire and she refused to talk to me again. All she ever did was yell at me. Why was the dishwasher left open? I just went to get the kids and then check on you when they ran into your bed. I swear I was going to finish unloading the dishwasher. You could have stayed in bed longer. (sighs) Whatever. I guess I should start my day. She muttered and poured herself a cup of coffee. I sighed as I walked away. There was no point in arguing because it always ended the same. And I didn't like getting yelled at. I decided to go to my office. I opened the blinds. At least I had one area where I could enjoy the sunrise. 
although I could only see the light illuminating the trees rather than the sun creeping behind the mountains, but it was better than nothing. I sat in my chair and began swiveling as I, as I waited and contemplated everything. Maybe it wasn't the best decision to move out here. Carolyn's scared of what's outside, and the kids are scared of what's inside the house. I thought it would do our marriage good to get out of the city. We could slow down and spend more time together to reconnect, and the kids would have plenty of space to explore and run around. But Carolyn was ignoring me and telling the kids not to play outside. She always closed the blinds, afraid of what was lurking there and never wanting the kids to play in the daylight. She was afraid they'd run into the neighbor, into a neighbor and say that the house is haunted and that they think we're the crazy family that just moved in. But I keep telling her that if she keeps shutting everyone out, they'll still think we're crazy. Honestly, sometimes I think she is a bit crazy. There's nothing to be afraid of out there but she doesn't believe me. It's gotten to the point where the kids think the house is haunted, but ghosts aren't real. I hear Carolyn tell the kids that all the time, but she doesn't understand that they see her acting crazy and they're sponges. I'm afraid of the world will grow up in because of her. I looked at the clock and it was 6.30. Three hours had passed, but I felt like I had only just sat down. The sun shone brightly and the morning dew sparkled. This would be the highlight of my day. I heard little footsteps running down the hall, crying out for their mom. Mama, the chair moved again, I heard Lex call out. Sweetie, it's just the air conditioner moving it. I promise, Carolyn said, trying to soothe her. I want to go home. I don't like it here. Lex whimpered. I walked to the threshold and saw Carolyn hugging Lex, caressing her hair. She said, I want to go home too, but we need to stay here a little longer. Go get your sister and I'll get breakfast ready. Lex ran right past me without even a glance. Great. Even my kid was ignoring me. She's scared and you don't do anything but scare her even more. You need to stop, Carolyn said. What exactly am I supposed to stop? I don't do anything. You exist and that's enough to scare her. You know what's out there, and she knows it too. She doesn't need to be scared of scared inside her own house too. No, Carolyn, I don't know what's out there, and I don't know what I do. You're the one that's scared of every little thing, and you're projecting that onto the kids. The only thing out there are our neighbors who are trying to be friendly, but you're too scared to even open the damn blinds. You're too much of a bitch to make nice with the neighbors, and they think we're freaks now. The neighbors are not friendly. They know what's out there and are waiting for me to go outside so they can do God knows what. The girls were at the door just staring at us. I hated fighting in front of them. It always scared them so much, but I didn't even notice them. Carolyn went to them and apologized, but they didn't care. There was nothing but fear in their eyes. The same fear they had when we fought at our apartment when Carolyn found out about the affair. It was our worst fight, and I promised the girls that we'd never fight like that again. But what I really meant was that we'd never fight like that in front of them. But some promises get broken. I went back into my office and shut the door. I could hear Abby crying. No doubt the door slamming shut scared her. I heard Carolyn console her. 
and then the rattling of the dishes as Lex undoubtedly tried to help with breakfast. (sighs) It was so early, and I was already over the day. I opened my laptop to write, but there was nothing. I was so filled with rage, I couldn't do anything. I slammed it shut and I and heard the kids scream and Abby started crying again. I could hear Carolyn tell the kids that everything would be all right, but would it? Everything went to shit after she found out about the affair. I didn't understand why she couldn't forgive me. I forgave her after she cheated on me while we were dating, but she still held a grudge. Sorry, my dogs are acting up. All I wanted was to make things right, but it was proving to be impossible. I opened the door and the girls ran to their rooms. Carolyn was right. I scared them by simply existing. I sighed as I put my hands on my head and walked over to Carolyn. What can I do? How can I make things better? Stop scaring them, she said. You need to leave. Do you hear my dogs growling? Frito, Lily, down. Stop scaring them, she said. You need to leave. How am I supposed to leave my family, Carolyn? I know it's hard right now, but I'm not going to just abandon you all. She sighed and muttered. You abandoned us when you brought her into our home. If you were to leave right now, we'd all be happier. We need to move on. I agree that we need to move on, but I don't see why I can't be a part of that picture. I forgave you when you cheated on me and... Look what we were able to build together. We have two beautiful daughters. Please don't throw everything away. She looked at me with disgust and said, Excuse me? When I cheated on you? Are we still on that? I was assaulted and you think I cheated on you? You broke our marriage vows and threw everything away. So fuck off and leave. Oh, please. You wouldn't have been assaulted if you hadn't gotten so wasted. You're the one who's a, who was a mess and I helped you get your life back together and I'll do it again. I can help you, but you need to forgive me so we can move on. Like I said, I'm not moving on without my family. You're a real piece of shit. You know that? She said as she walked towards the back door. Mama, where go? I heard Abby say from behind me. It's okay, sweetie. Go to the playroom with your sister. I'll be there shortly. There's just something I have to do first. Mama, Lex said. Lex, sweetie, please take your sister to the playroom and close the door. I'll be there soon. I promise, Carolyn said. Their footsteps echoed and the door closed behind them. Carolyn sighed and continued walking towards the back door. Seriously, Carolyn? Where are you going? You're afraid of what's out there and now you want to go? Please, just stay so we can talk, I pleaded. I couldn't care less about what's out there anymore. Anything is better than spending another fucking minute with you. Actually, I hope the neighbors come and see what's out there too. Maybe then I'd be free, she said and stormed out. I followed her outside. The air was crisp and the morning fog was still thick. Carolyn was getting lost in front of me. Carolyn, wait, I called but she kept walking until we got to the shed. She opened the door and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. She moved on. Why can't you? Carolyn said with a look of defeat in her eyes. 
I thought I'd be free. But you're still here. Haunting me. Haunting us. I couldn't speak. There, covered in dried blood, was Eleanor. Her face was sunken in and red. Half of her head was a ha- was a mangled mess. My body right next to hers, but the axe was still in my chest, blood covering my entire body. It all came rushing back to me. Eleanor came looking for me when I stopped answering her phone calls. She was worried about me. She first came while Carolyn was at the grocery store. Then she started coming while she was off playing room mom at the girls' school. The affair started again, and Carolyn came home early one day and went crazy when she found out. She ran outside and I ran after her. Eleanor was right by my side, by my side, saying it wasn't what it looked like, but Carolyn wasn't stupid. A bitch, maybe, but not stupid. She picked up the axe and struck Eleanor in broad daylight. I looked at her wide-eyed. Frozen in fear, she pulled the axe from Eleanor's head and swung at me, hitting me right in the sternum. I couldn't breathe. All the air knocked out of me, but I wasn't dead yet. I couldn't scream because blood began filling my mouth. She dragged Eleanor's body into the shed and then mine. I was quickly losing blood and then things started to fade as I watched Carolyn panting and close the shed door. It all went black. That was the last thing I remembered. And then I began waking up at 3.30 every day to a blaring alarm. I didn't know why I was up so early, only that it was time to get up. I looked at Carolyn with disbelief. She looked down and said, This was two weeks ago. Eleanor was around for maybe a day or two, but she moved on. I need you to move on and leave us alone. The girls are scared of me because I'm dead? No, they don't know. I've been protecting them from what's outside, but they're scared of you because they can't see you. I don't care what the neighbors saw or what they see or what they'll do, but I want you to leave. You need to move on. I turned around and went back inside to my office and sat down. The alarm started blaring. Same shit, different day. It was 3.30 a.m. Too early. But hey, it's the afterlife. And scene. Oh my god. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so the, the little girls were scared of him because like... They were seeing like the dishwasher open. He sat in his office chair and the chair was moving, but he wasn't there. Yep. Where there was a something that you said that instantly I was like, he's the ghost. Uh-huh. What what was it that you said? That he woke up at three fucking thirty in the morning? No, it was when they were like <laughs> interacting and I didn't even notice the time at first until you were like three hours have passed and it was already 630. I'm like, damn, this guy's waking up early as hell. Mm-hmm. I think it was when they were arguing after the girls went to bed. He said something that I was like, oh, I should have written it down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she wasn't scared of like any creatures outside. She was afraid of the fucking shed and afraid of the neighbor seeing because she killed him in broad yeah. daylight. Yeah. Yeah. That explains a lot. Mm-hmm. But you know what? What? 
cheating asshole. Right? And when he said about her, I was like, <gasps> oh, right? Like, wow. what a douchebag. It, this, this is a clear, she's a bitch because he made her that way. Uh-huh. He's the whole, like, oh, my wife asked me for a divorce and I don't know why type of dude. Oh, my God. That was really good. Oh, thank you. Did, did you include the part where you wrote this? No, I didn't. Oh, uh, everybody. Yeah. This huh? was written by Ale. Yeah, it was <laughs> written by me. Little old me. That was a really good one. Was it really? Yeah, I like that one. Oh, good. I'm glad. Like, Post that. Where? On Reddit. I can't because he's dead. It has to be realistic. No, but he's a ghost. Yeah, but ghosts can't write. That's why the other one got, oh my, the other one got um, taken down for violating yeah. community guidelines because what about on, she died. What about, excuse me, what about on short scary stories? Oh, baby. Maybe I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll do that after we finish uh, recording. If not, just include a part where. He's writing this down and his daughters are freaking out that they're seeing a pen and paper move. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, with the clickety clack of the of his laptop. Or that, yeah. Yeah. See, that'd be cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was a good one. I like that nice one. Nice and short. Short and sweet. Yeah. Someone turned that into a short film. Please and thank you. Right. <gasps> I actually have another one. It's like really short. Yes, let's let's do it. Where if you want. It? Yeah. Oh, actually. while you look for it, I was going to say, did you see that video I sent you of that roller coaster? Not yet. Okay, so I saw this um TikTok. I'm always on TikTok, okay? I but it reminds me I saw this like meme that said we believe everything on TikTok the same way our moms believe everything on Facebook. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm like a damn straight. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so there's this video of this girl that I guess they're at the Santa Cruz boardwalk. Mm-hmm. So she's recording. It's like it kind of looks like it's selfie mode, but I don't really know. So she's recording and she's like, she's like, you guys like. The boardwalk's been closed for 30 minutes and this ride turned on. And it's the ride that goes like all like straight up and straight down a few times. Oh, like Supreme Street? Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's one of those, but it's it's starting to come down. So once the ride's over, it comes down like super slowly. So she's like under this roof, so you can't see the top of it, but you start to see like once once the roller coaster comes into frame. If you pause it right when you see the seat, because the angle that they see the seat is the is the one that's usually like a single rider if they have that option. Mm-hmm. So that once that comes into frame and you pause it, you could see a person sitting on that seat. Oh hell no! Mm-mm. And as it goes down a little bit more, the person disappears. Mm-mm. Oh hell yes. no! I sent it to you. It's like at the ten second mark, like right when you see that seat come into frame, pause it and zoom okay. in, and you'll see them. 
I was like, whoa. I mean, don't get me wrong. Maybe it's like special effects or something. And you know that when the video looks like like a home video, it gives you more reason to think it's real. Yes, because it is. Right? (laughs) For me, that shit looked real. I don't know, man. Like, who knows? Mm Mm-hmm. But that's a really good video. I sent it to you, so check it out when you get the chance. Okay. I have, like, a few piled um, compiled from yours. Yes. Because I let them pile up so I can watch them so I can get all cozy in bed and be like, (laughs) TikTok. Me too. (laughs) All right. So this is another one. This is a really, this is really short. And when I wrote this one, I was um, thinking of it like, yeah, because I could, I could see it in my head so clearly and it's like hard for me to put it on paper. And then Gary said that I should make this into a short movie. And I'm like, oh my God, that'd be so cool if I knew how to fucking do that. <laughs> Thank you so much for letting me know that I should do something I don't know how to do. Thank you for giving you me the- do it together when I'm there. I, ooh, I was going to say thank you for giving me the idea of another hobby I can learn. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll add it to my collection. Short filmmaker. Anyways. All right. This one actually doesn't have, I didn't come up with a name. So maybe y'all can help me with a name for this one. All right. It was like any other morning. My alarm was set for 630. But of course, my toddler was beginning her morning yells at six. I always tried getting up before she did. But somehow, by some mystical forces beyond my understanding, she was always up 30 minutes before my alarm. I got out of bed, put on my robe, and either yawned or groaned. Everything was a messy blur in the mornings. As I opened the door, I saw toys beginning to make their way from the living room to the hallway. Blocks, actually. Mama! 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 She called out as I heard little footsteps running towards me. Oh, good morning, my little ladybug, I say as I pick her up. Are you ready for some breakfast? Yeah! She exclaimed. I tiredly walked into the kitchen with my toddler on my hip. I was not about to have her screaming because I put her down before I had my coffee. I started to drink my coffee while she ate her breakfast and the rest of the morning continued as usual. She played with her toys as I emptied the dishwasher and she tried helping me with chores. She threw tantrums and my cup of coffee was on the counter after my initial three sips. We went outside and again, everything was normal. By the time we got back inside, it was lunch and the nap time and the nap time. And I was ecstatic because I had been counting down the minutes. She was a definite firecracker. I sat down with my microwave coffee and snuggled on the couch in the hopes of getting some rest. I ended up dozing off when I heard it. When I heard her. Ah! I jumped off the couch and ran to my daughter's room. I couldn't get there fast enough. She kept screaming out in pain and I pounded on the door. There was no lock, so I didn't understand how it could be closed. Her screams continued. The shrill cry sent chills down my spine. My baby. I needed to get my baby, but the door wouldn't open. Silence. She stopped screaming and I could feel the hot tears rolling down my face when the door finally opened. That's when I saw it. I don't know what it was. It had no real shape, just a long black mass that was holding my daughter by her face with trails of crimson blood streaming down her little body. The mass had no face. 
but it turned and I knew it was looking at me as I stood there, frozen in fear. It released my baby and her limp body thumped on the ground and I couldn't do anything but stare in horror. Her face was unrecognizable, mangled and torn flesh everywhere. The entity cocked its head and sprouted limbs and began crawling up the wall and across the ceiling towards me. I felt it crawling up my back. It was unbearably hot, but I was completely paralyzed. I don't know how, but it was breathing down my neck. And that's when I heard it. It started as low rumble and then a growling in my ear as it whispered, You're next! Before crawling back onto the ceiling and disappearing into the cracks. I ran to my daughter and began weeping. My baby. She was gone. I stayed there until my husband came home. He believed me, but no one else did. I pray every night for it to take me, but it never does. It's constantly crawling on the walls of my cell, waiting for me to be alone and seen. Damn, that's like supernatural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just like a black mass, like, I'm thinking yeah. like Slender Man, like long and thin and just like creepy no, no, looking. No, imagine if when it turned around, it had her daughter's face. <gasps> like he steals oh faces. <gasps> oh my God. That'd be or so it. good. It, yeah. yeah. <gasps> that's crazy. That'd be so good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that one was real short. I like that. That's yeah. a good one too. Yeah. Wow, amiga. You're so good at this. Thank you. Thank you. That was called an intrusive thought. Actually, that was an intrusive thought I had when I was postpartum. I was always scared that something supernatural was going to take my baby. Mm-hmm. Still terrified of it. Yeah, I can see that. I think if I became a mom. Sorry, what? I wouldn't want. Am I muted? No. No, I changed I this. Oh, okay. I tapped it by accident. I said, I could see that. I feel like if or when I become a mom, I would be afraid to leave my kid in their room mm-hmm. and just be like, just just come sleep with me. You'll be okay over here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that was a good one. Thank you for sharing Thanks. that with us. Thank you. Thank you. The, although that... <laughs> the scream? We're not voice actresses. No. Because whenever we do something like a voice or a scream... We, like, silently laugh over here. Uh-huh. I'm probably going to do a sound effect or something for that one. Because, like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> Adam, to be a toddler. Adam, 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 Hank Hill scream. Out of what? Adam, Hank Hill scream. Oh! <laughs> 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 Oh, Lord. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, that was good. Oh, by the way, one of my mm-hmm. friends, Tanya, is mm-hmm. listening to our podcast. Oh, hey, Tanya. How goes it? Yeah, so she says she's on episode three. So let's see if she Ooh, sticks it through all the way. That one's my favorite. How do you remember what episodes they are? I, well, the only episode, one I can think of is the episode only one, I, one, this. 
oh yeah, and that we were so nervous. And I mean, we're still nervous every single time. <laughs> but um, no, I just remember episode three. I think that's the one where I talk about the dead baby. Yes, it is. And I think that's the only reason I remember it. Now she's such a cheese ball. She's she's like she's got the biggest heart ever. Yeah. And she'll like always talk so sweet to us, and we're like, eh, lame. But that's our friend, and we love it. Yeah. She's like, she's like, I love listening to you laugh. I'm like, bitch. Okay, well, there was this Shut one up. time, and I guess people can let me know. There was this one time in college, and who was it? I think it was Shannon. It was a girl who was in the in the chapter with me. But someone told me that they really liked my laugh. And I was like, oh, thank <laughs> you. And they're like, yeah, it's really hearty. And I was like, hearty like soup? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and like now I don't, every time I laugh and I realize that I'm laughing or like I like hear my laugh, I'm like, huh, good soup. soup. <laughs> good soup. <laughs> Yeah, so she was like, I like to hear you laugh. I'm like, oh, okay, well, at least somebody does. Yeah. (laughs) One recurring thing that we always say here in our house, in our apartment, we always say, what did I say that one episode with the mosquito? Get out of my house. (laughs) (laughs) We always say that over here because we just thought that was so dumb and funny. Oh, my God. You and that skeeter. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, Tanya, if you make it this far, hello. Thank you for supporting. Shout out. Foo, foo, foo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's anything been a- else? What'd you do? I slapped my thigh. But the AC's <laughs> right on my thigh, so it hurt. <laughs> it was like a knee slapper type of thing, but me dolió. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I think that's it. I think this will be a bit of a longer one to make up for <laughs> the the missed episode that we had yep yep and hopefully that's it hopefully we don't miss any more episodes hopefully we get back on track and this week was my this past one was totally my fault i had so much going on and we didn't have any backup episodes it's fine mm-hmm. it's okay yeah anyways i People think people will ep- understand yeah i think next episode we're gonna do our listener request and oh do you see my oh, right there I just saw my dog in the video and it fucking scared me. Because I just saw her head poke up. I know, I saw it too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our listener requests. Tune in next week. Or tune in next episode so you can see what that is about. Whoop, whoop. (laughs) But as always, everybody, if you guys um, like this episode or have any feedback, uh, any constructive criticism, I was going to say critical thinking, (laughs) constructive criticism, or any stories that you may have for us, any topic you want us to talk about, feel free to send us an email at spookystateofmind at gmail.com, or you can um, send us a DM on Instagram at spookystateofmind. Yeah, or just DM us. We're very nice, I promise. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little awkward, but nice. Yep. So as always, I think that's it. I already said, as always, I lost it. I lost it. I lost. Anyways, we hope to hear from you guys and see you next episode. And as always, stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye.